This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. What element of the dates that the league shared with the teams yesterday uh, and, and is going to inspire some more talk between the Players Association and the league? That return date for next season, training camp on November 10th, and the season tentatively starting on December 1. Consider this, October 12th is the last possible date of this season. So you're talking about a turnaround for teams who are in the finals of potentially less than a month or about a month. That's got to be collectively bargained with the Players Association. What the NBA is trying to avoid next year, they don't want to push into the Summer Olympics in Tokyo and they want to have their season done next year, you know, including free agency in the draft before the start of the next NFL season. That is Woj from ESPN. That's all he goes by. And the latest, I, I've, I've said this for the last couple months, this is not going to be a three-month, six-month, 2020 issue when it comes to sports, and maybe even a lot of other things, by the way. Mm-hmm. The domino effect from a sports standpoint will at least go 18 months, in my opinion, and maybe 24 months from a scheduling-only standpoint in some sports. And that's what Woj was just talking about. Now, from a pandemic and economic standpoint, I mean, we're seeing colleges say, hey, we don't have conference tournaments now for the next four years in some sports. So it, it already has gone out that far. But I think from a scheduling standpoint, you know, no way the players will say, hey, we're turning around and playing again in a month and starting a new season. I can't imagine they will do that. I can't foresee that happening. No. <laughs> so uh, that would be shocking. And so where does that leave you? Does it shrink the next season? And, and it goes back to a little bit of the conversations we've had of, hey, what does come out of this? Could we find out that shrinking seasons isn't a bad thing? There's been plenty of talk about it in the mm-hmm. NBA. Been plenty of talk about it. Even in Major League Baseball, there's too many games. So maybe we – heck, there's – I think a lot of people in hockey and not to – you know, go back to yesterday's conversation about hockey. Be careful now. Choose your next words wisely. Obviously, uh, I got to throw that statement out there. I mean, I know careful. you got to pay players for a lot of games and stuff, but I would sign up for just a 32-team playoff tournament in okay. hockey. Yeah. Forget about the preseason and regular season. Okay. You, just go you just want playoffs teams. right away. You just want the chaos, <laughs> the don't you? The whole season you is 32 want the teams. <laughs> I mean, if playoff hockey is the best, let's just give it to us all the time. That's gonna be like. And listen, let's be honest. I mean, the, the the sport of hockey right now, you know, it's it's hurting. And um, you, you ever watch that show Brock Meyer about the the baseball guy? Yeah, where where he's trying to change baseball around now. Like that's like Brent Martin with hockey. Like, hey guys, well, obviously the Stanley Cup playoffs, everyone loves that. So come with me now. Thirty-two teams, Stanley Cup playoffs the whole year. Let's go. Let's make hockey great again. I think uh, all that without saying what Brock Meyer would say about it. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would be, yeah. No, Brock Meyer is interesting, right? The Brock Meyer thing that came out, like on, I think it was on YouTube mm-hmm. years ago, that prompted this show. Yep. I would not advise your kids to listen to, but it it's freaking hilarious. It's good. Yeah. Well, then it starts the show. Brockmar and everybody after that are like, oh, man, this is going to be great. Like the first few episodes of Brockmar were really good. Mm-hmm. It got slow in a hurry. It still is on. Is it still it's going? A, so it's the final season. Yeah. Okay. Um, and listen, I mean, they lost me like halfway through the first season. I'll be honest yeah. with you. But like I always see because it's on the IFC channel, which yep. is it's a pretty cool channel. Um, so I always see like the, you know, kind of like the updates and everything and kind of like the, you know, the, the commercials for the, the final season. And yeah, so he goes from essentially being an announcer in the first season to the last season, they asked him to be the manager of baseball. So he's trying to save baseball. 
<laughs> that's all I know. I mean, once again, haven't watched the last season, but that's all I know about it. How new is IFC Channel? Like, is that the only? What else has made it? Oh, because it's the only thing I've ever watched yeah, on there. Now, so, listen, I don't watch a lot of TV, so yeah. So listen, like the IFC channel is like the hipsters of all hipster channels. Okay, um, they have like a show called like Portlandia on there. Um, Fred Armisen from Saturday Night Live does that. So Portlandia is on there. They have a show called Documentary Now, which is like, uh, it's just a bunch of mock documentaries of just crazy people. Um, that's pretty entertaining. Just kind of a lot of off-the-wall sketch comedy shows and things like that. Uh, does Spike TV still exist, or is it gone? Man, I, I, I'm sure there. It was so much masculinity coming from those guys. I don't know if they're still on or not. Is Spike TV still on, or are they? Are they like the Universal Network now? I think. I think. Yeah, I don't think a Spike TV is still a thing. But yeah. I will say, while we're here and talking about no sports being back, a sport I would love to come back is slam ball. Slam ball on Spike oh. TV. I remember that. Yep, slam ball was awesome. It was basically trampoline basketball. Brent couldn't get enough of it. Um, I think Spike TV is gone. I think it became the Universal Network now, if I'm not mistaken. I think it is gone. I think they, I heard that it was they, gone. they tried to you know try to change the brand a little bit because it used to be just this is the station for men, you know, like <laughs> best bars in America, followed by you know cops, and then followed by more cops, and then Wasn't yeah, like Fear Factor on that. Fear Factor. I mean, yeah. any any masculine show where dudes are flexing with their shirts off and just like doing crazy things, that was the Spike TV yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, all right. They, they also uh, had like the, the remember they had, they had the man awards. It was literally an award show. It was like the Oscars, but just for manly stuff. <laughs> there you go, Spike TV. Hey, this is something I've been interested in coming out of the pandemic about business, and I think uh, at some point we'll find out like, hey, what are the top five like industries mm-hmm. that actually profited and did well off the pandemic, like the Home Depots of the world, right? Yep. Grocery stores. Streaming I think would, services. Yeah, streaming services. Really good call. Give me those that do good for my stock options, just saying. <laughs> and, and, and then we'll have hey, maybe some of the gaming. Yeah, uh, yeah and, gaming too. Right? Yep. And so then the, what about the other side of it? Like what what really took a hit? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what it, whether it was the auto industry or, mm-hmm. or something else. Uh, movie theaters. Sure. You know, oh, restaurants, sure. of yeah. course, right? Yeah. But is there one chain or bigger than others? Mm-hmm. This is interesting from Darren Rovell. Highest increase in sales versus same weeks last year in the U.S. over COVID-19 period, so the last 13 weeks okay. through the end of May. Any guess on some of the products that would be higher, like enormously higher? Ones that are appropriate for the show, let me think. So like not companies, but just products that people just have products. Um. Nothing's really coming to my mind. All right, I'll give you a clue on it. Hand sanitizer. Oh, okay, well, yeah, hand sanitizer, obviously. Pop. Up 419% over last year. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes uh, sense. Disinfectant, right? Like very cleaning. good. Aerosol disinfectant. Aerosol disinfectant. Oh, good. Good. Well, okay. I, I didn't okay. think you were going to get any more. Okay, okay. 192% increase. Toilet paper. You know, it's not on here. Well, then Darren Ravel's a liar then. <laughs> well, it's a source's Nielsen, he says. Okay. So he's just he's just a messenger on well, this one. Well, then let's... <laughs> but you won't get any of the other ones. I don't oh, think. TV like, dinners. What? Here's what. Oat milk. What is oat milk? It's milk from oats. Yeah, if you're an almond milk... Could, could you culture yourself just a little bit for the sake of our show? I've heard of almond milk. What's yeah. oat milk? Same idea. I, I get, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't really heard of oat milk either. That's but I'm trying thing. to sound like, cool. You know like I go to the grocery store and I can. That's what they do to oats. Can't milk an oat though, can you? Yeah, you can. How do you? Get I almost the... wanted to make a. Uh, well, actually, I probably can't say the the movie title. It's too close to another one. But remember the. Uh, <laughs> what was that movie with? Um, 
Oh, what was his name? Don't ask me, man. Do not look at me when you're looking for a movie title. Meet the Meet the Falkers. Yep. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where with the cat? Oh, oh no, yeah, 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 yeah. Can you milk me, Robert De Niro? Yeah, but I mean, if I go to the grocery store tonight <laughs> and I can go get two percent milk, I can get one percent milk, I can get yeah. whole milk, I yeah. can get almond milk. I've yeah. heard of almond and milk. Yeah. milk. Where the heck is oat milk? I, it's it's at the grocery stores that you shop at because you have a backyard. Um, fireplace in Jacksonville. So the grocery stores that you shop at, I'm talking about the exquisite grocery stores, yeah. will have oat milk. Just ask them for it. Okay, I'm, I'm, check. I'm sure they have live oats in the back, just ready to milk, and you're going to be good to go. You and what I have never heard of oat milk. I've never heard of oat milk. And it's 311%. It's second on the list. Okay, so then, and I know it's a lose for a lot of cooking, so with that, gotta, um, baking soda's on that list. Very good baking powder, but I give it soda. to you. Okay. If, this was, if this was Family Feud, I would give it to you. 125, 125 percent up okay any other guesses so these are all like products they are Ooh. think about you're in the right category by the way with food with home cooking grills no hang on that, that's that's dumb that was dumb it's butter? gotta be like what'd you say butter nah uh what do you how about pizza <laughs> a lot of people making oh, pizza, pizza. Oh, pizza domino's probably that? making a killing right now or no, not so baking pizza. yeast is up 223 percent who's making pizza? bread come on. oh come on Come on, everybody went through that phase where they have bread makers. Now they yeah. pulled it out of their their cabinet and said, hey, now what do I do with this thing? So I got to go get baking yeast. We got time, honey. Remember from that wedding? We got that three-speed bread maker. Let's go pull it out. How many people Let's are going to for, for a bread maker and then never used it? Well, listen, I've told the story. Back in college when all my friends got married, I'd buy them bread makers just because it's from that movie Old School where Will Ferrell buys the... Yeah, so I used I've to literally buy all my friends bread makers just we, to be uh, a smart ass about it. We had to work our... Uh, or work. We had to make our like wedding registry stuff we want for the wedding and right, I, yeah. every time i was like literally i don't want this like it's just going to sit in the cabinet and we are never going to take it out i'd rather have like ten dollars than whatever this is don't be so reasonable it's a wedding registry man you're supposed to get stuff that you're never going <laughs> to use and you're going to find 10 years <laughs> from now the comfort we, live, zone, Coos. we live in an apartment we already don't have enough room as it is do you get like the uh how do they do it now do you get the scanning gun because that was one of the yeah. like high points of my life when i took the scanning gun into the registry place and could just <laughs> I say i didn't get to do that I, I know you told me you didn't get to do that yeah. you missed out it, it was more like a website you just like click uh, of on course what you it's want. a website it's now a website man, website, man. Yeah. i go yeah, shop at amazon the scanning Gun was awesome. You I know it sounds like a blast. Huh? huh? You didn't have to make your wedding website. Wedding website. Oh, wedding dude. website. Hey, Come hey, on. Hey, he said wedding website. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's? No, we don't use wedding you know websites. Like the worst part about it that I, I really got myself in some trouble here because we had to write, okay, how we met. Oh yeah. And it's no. like two different mm. perspectives. Nope. Mine was three sentences. Hers was like five paragraphs. It was, it was like reading War and Peace, like just a whole novel yeah, worth I was of like, yeah. We met. And then we started hanging out. No. Hey, Kuz, a little advice. Didn't do that. We Don't didn't do, do that. your own vows. Just repeat after whoever. Kuz, can, I, can, can, I, can I write your vows? Sponsored <laughs> no, by ESPN 690? Can I write your vows for you? Only if afterwards I have to say these vows are sponsored by ESPN 690. Done. The, Done. The classic. Brand. I want to know how many times on those wedding websites yeah. when you're supposed to explain how we met. Yeah. That what the guy was like, oh, shoot, that's how I met that other girl. That's how I met <laughs> My bad. Redacted. No, for sure. I think we, I never had to do that, man. Like, we just oh. we kept it low-key. Well, it was like, it was one of the things she, she published it, and then I went to the site, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's mine. But I looked it, at hers. I was like, oh, I need to do some edits. It is, but, but it's kind of weird, right? Because it's like, like it's, I think it's called like the not.com or like weddingregistry.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's weird, though, because essentially it's like a Facebook profile, but you're yes. putting it on the internet for the entire world to see. Like, if I type yes. in your name, Kuz, 
boom, here he is. He's on the knot.com, and here's how he met his fiance. It's, it's weird. Yep. Well, and listen, if you're going to buy him a toaster, it's worth it. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> Give us our money's worth. Yep. But then we also had to like put photos of like the groomsmen and the bridesmaids. Like, it's a whole thing, and I really wanted no part of it. I'll tell you Just what. put the logo of ESPN 690 somewhere in there, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing some research on some oat milk right now. Not for me, Brent, and not for you either, All I right, think. I'm going to for both of last us. Last two ones, okay, that uh, big increase since last year during the COVID-19 period. Meat alternatives, which I'm assuming oh, is just like steak. Yeah, and that's, no, what's the company? Tofu? No, the company that makes the Burger King stuff, the Beyond Meat, or whatever it's called. Is it Beyond Meat? Oh, so oh, they're the, actually the, saying, like, their company, like, rose like 400% in the stock market like in a, in a span of a couple months. Is, is that, why is that? Why, what's so like, is, the, the burgers, is that because right? of vegan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's for vegans. So, like, because okay. remember, there was like kind of a worry about like a shortage of, of like regular meat and beef uh, and everything. I'm not uh, sure if you watched the news, yeah, Brent, but nah. that, that was going, yeah, you didn't really I follow it. I love it, but that. I don't watch it. Yeah, but, um, so that, that was kind of a big worry. <laughs> so, like, the, the whole Beyond Meat, um, trend kind of took fire here. I got you. Yeah. That's why the word alternative, Brent. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, I just went and got a ribeye for the weekend. <laughs> um, bone in or bone out? <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I was just lying. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just kind of went along with the thing. Well, I understand you're in steak mode all the time. I don't know. But I'll do either. Okay. The kids good, yeah. and the rest of the family like bone uh, out. Bone out, yeah. But I don't care. I'll go cut around that get bone. Get bone. Me, and use your hand, okay, man. Yeah, Let's get primal. Yeah. To me, you don't watch it. Like leave on the bone there. I know, man. That gristle, too. Come on. To me, getting like a, a bone out is like getting a boneless chicken wing. Like, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, well, or a chicken nugget, as they're called, yeah. where I'm from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do like chicken nuggets. Uh, dried <laughs> <Grow> beans. <laughs> dried beans? Dried beans. Oh, that's like a, that, that is, like, beans to me are like a panic buy thing. Like, just buy a bulk thing of rice, a bulk but, thing of beans. Well, let's be honest, though. There you go. Beans, once again, it's kind of the vegan thing, right? Because beans are yeah. high in protein, a lot of vegans eat them, so... I guess you're seeing a lot of vegan trends, Brent. It uh, sounds like a vegan yeah. trend. Uh, I think, by yeah. the way, I'm going to go get some beans. Beans and cheese burritos. A uh, little oh. pinto beans or lima beans. and Refried beans. And we're going to pitch them to the kids and see how oh, their hand-eye coordination is. That's <laughs> the next, next level of uh, marshmallow <laughs> baseball. The mar- hey, I mean, we, we can't <laughs> go down to, like, I don't know, uh, a Reese's peanut butter cup. We have to go down to, like... Well, a pinto bean yeah, with a tic tac, man. You cold blooded, man. I'm just bringing it up. If I if, didn't hit that great last weekend, we're gonna get enough, on it. Huh? Okay. <laughs> if, if the marshmallow hurts getting hit in the face, I can imagine a bean is oh, gonna yeah, hurt yeah. even more. It's not gonna feel good. It does. Uh, Maybe way, a peanut. Yeah. We had some controversy in the marshmallow baseball uh, league the other, listen, the other day, and I'm kind of disappointed. You don't keep us up to date with this. We yeah. we, we need to talk about sports, Brent. We we need that coverage. What's been going on in marshmallow baseball? We we did. Uh, so here's the deal, okay? It's we we put it down for a bit. I think because the kids' ball started up, and mm-hmm. so there were some things happening. Yeah. And uh, but Maybe now it's some... eleven eleven. Okay. The series. Okay. The, the series is uh, Kaylee and me against uh, Steph and Ty. Yeah. And so no, it's the same teams regardless. Regardless. The whole season. Okay. Whole season. Yeah. We now, were, did no you trades. Just, were there drawing straws? You guys just decided? I decided uh, we landed on that somehow. Okay. Uh, you know, my wife thinks that we should win every time because she's on Ty's team. Sure. But Ty like probably is the best player. Although Kaylee sometimes really kicks everybody's butt. Okay. Kaylee can carry us. You know, kind of like one of those Bryce Harper types where he has his bit. games and sometimes he kind of falters. Like Steph, okay. Steph plays like the, uh, yeah, well, you guys are way better. You guys should win all the time. Humble. But, but I, it, every game's been close. Sure. Like every game. Like nobody's blown anybody out. We've gone extra innings like five times. Dang. And we play four inning games. Yeah. Well, the other day, real low scoring game. It's two to nothing in the last inning. And I'm on. <laughs> Stakes never been high. I'm on first base. Okay. 
and Kaylee's up. Yep. And there's already one out. You only play two outs in marshmallow baseball. So I respect it. No, actually, time out. There's no outs. Uh, so I'm on okay. first. We're trying to rally. And uh, Kaylee's the tying run at the plate. Well, she drills one and hits me on first base. Now, there's no leading, but I'm on first base. You're out. Well, then the ball ricochets and lands on the counter. Now, if it lands on the counter in marshmallow baseball, yeah. you're out. Yeah. It's got to hit the floor. Okay. That's one of the rules. Yep. And so... And it can go off somebody like a defender and land on and you're out. Yeah, okay. So I go to second. Mm. Well, then I get doubled up. Yeah. To end the game. Bad oh. base running, they oh, said. Oh, wow. Because it was out on the, yeah. on the counter. Well, let's go back over the fundamentals of base running, up. though, huh? Let's pay attention to what's going on. Well, I had to put it out on Twitter and uh, get Jacksonville Umpire Association involved in this. What did they say? You're and, out. And we had all different you know, conversations about this, but I wondered, like, what would the rule be? Because most time, if the ball hits a, a runner, the yeah. runner's out. Correct. Right? And the ball's dead, and the uh, batter gets awarded first base. Well, we don't take leads, so I was on the base. Mm. So what then? Like, I've never seen this situation. So we were curious. Yeah. End result, to make a long story short. You're out. We have now put the game under protest, <laughs> because the game should not have been over. We determined the game should not have been over. What happens is the runner is out. If the runner is hit even on the bag, not protected by the bag, yep. the runner is out. Knew it. But the bat, the ball then is dead, and the batter gets first base, even oh. if the ball is then caught. So, for instance, like if you don't take a lead off first base, mm-hmm. and I've never seen this happen, by the way, but if you ever take a lead off, don't take a lead, you're standing on first base, you get drilled by a line drive as the runner, and it goes off your helmet. Mm-hmm. And it pops up in the air and they catch it? Yeah. Well, it's the runner is out. The batter is awarded first base. So technically, I should be up, down two to nothing. We should have a runner on first base right now. Game on a protest. But I hate to be that guy. What? That's the I, rule. I, I got the determination. I hate to be that guy, but it hit you, so you were out. And then according to the rules, you stated in the rule book, chapter whatever, section whatever, where if the marshmallow lands on the counter, you're out. I mean... It's a dead ball as soon as it hits me. You're not listening. Is that, is that, I, I, I get that. But okay, but I'm not saying like That's nobody caught thought. the marshmallow though. The marshmallow nobody. landed on the counter. Yeah, and you're out. It's a dead ball. So um, it's not the same thing. Kaylee should be on first base and I should be I up. Just, I just the tie run to, and I was about to I go hate, yard. I hate to be that guy, man. I hate to be that guy. The but. only thing you can argue in this setting is that we didn't get the protest in in time. <laughs> that's the only thing. And that's what they've argued. So it's now 11 to 11. There's a bigger controversy than when James Harden made that dunk that went back out yeah. and they never counted oh, in the Rockets protest. Yeah. You, know, you see, you see what's uh, valuable here though is marshmallow baseball educates us on the game of baseball. I have, yeah. I've been around baseball a long time. I I've know never most heard of, of that. Those. I did not know what would happen in that situation. Yeah. And we found out. Wow. So there you go. Now you know. 11 11. Uh, so what are you guys playing to here? Well, whatever we play to. I thought okay. we have more games by now. Okay. Uh, but, you know, sometimes things happen and we don't play in a night. And the other days we have double headers. Okay. But we've only played 22 games. You'd think we started fast and then it's slow. What are you guys doing over there? Yeah. 
Yeah, watch yeah, TV. Yeah. Ozark. <laughs> Chicago PD. Hanging out by the fireplace. <laughs> exactly. It's been 90 <laughs> degrees outside. How do you do that? Hey, so I teased in this segment, uh, Jaguars on the field, uh, other teams worse. Uh, forget the national guys. Haven't talked about it one bit. <laughs> yep. So uh, what do you got over there for us? Are the Jags as bad as we think? Yeah. Let's, well, put, let's compete with the, the bad pool yeah, so in the NFL. Who exists in it? So, so listen, here's where we're at, Brent, right? Because you're a very passionate individual on this. You don't, you, you don't like the Gardner Minshew hate and everything. I mean, the Jaguars in a lot of power rankings, they're either last or second to last. And let's ask the question, do they do they deserve that? Well, if we go back to last year and kind of add up the records of everything of who was worse last year than the Jacksonville Jaguars? You have eight teams. You have the Bengals. You have the Redskins. You have the Lions. You have the Giants. You have the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals obviously have made a lot of upgrades, right? You you bring in one of the best wide receivers in the game, and that should be enough already. You draft Isaiah Simmons, probably one of the best athletes in that draft class. You made the difference, right? So I think we can all agree right now the Cardinals um, probably upgraded a little more than the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're improved, yeah. They're improved, right? Um, we talk about the Carolina Panthers. You know, you signed Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he had a good run in New Orleans, obviously. There still is a little bit of a question mark there. Um, as far as their draft's concerned, you know, they kind of toot up on their defense a little bit. They got Derek Brown. They lost some key cogs, though. Greg Olson's gone. So... You know, I, I mean, obviously, I like the Panthers better as a team right now than the, than the Jaguars even, just with, with talent, per se. But, like, as far as the offseason moves, I mean, the Panthers didn't really knock my socks off, yeah. I guess I'm going to say. Um, the Chargers. Chargers are an interesting team. They obviously lose Phillip Rivers. They bring in Brian Bulaga. They address the offensive line. They bring in Tyrod Taylor. Um, Chris Harris, I mean, uh, another guy on their defense, which is already stacked. I think the Chargers did a lot. You know, now Tyrod Taylor is a big question mark. You draft Justin Herbert. We'll see what you have with him. But overall, I think there's a lot of big moves made there. Um, the New York Giants. Blake Martinez, statistically, he was probably one of the best middle linebackers last year in terms of tackles and production. Well, now he's a middle linebacker of the Giants, a, a, a Giants defense that was in need. And James Bradbury as well. James Bradbury was a really good corner last year mm-hmm. for the Carolina Panthers. Do you find it kind of weird, like Josh Norman, James Bradbury? The Panthers just don't believe in you know re-signing those top-end corners. They obviously don't value the in terms of putting a chunk of money into that position. Yep. You know, yeah. or, or as much as is demanded. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Lions are another team. You know, the Lions bring in Jamie Collins. They bring in two guards that, that are pretty stacked. I don't even, I don't know their names, but I know they got, they, they bolstered up their offensive line a little bit. Then they get a Cuda. Like, I think you can make an argument and say maybe the Jaguars had a better offseason and bring him in talent for free agency than the Lions did even. Okay. Cause I think Joe Schobert, you know, is legit and everything like that. Um, C- Cincinnati speaks for itself. Joe Burrow. Um, you know, and some of the other moves that they made. And I think that I miss any team here real quick. Washington. Oh, Washington. Yeah. So Washington, you know, once again, um, they, they get Chase Young, arguably the best pass rusher, even better than Chase on, obviously. Um, they have a stacked defense. As in, in terms of free agency, I'm not sure exactly how much noise they made. Brandon, she let me look that up real quick here. I don't think it was really that much. Uh, they get Kendall Fuller from Kansas City, Eric Flowers, they re-signed him, Case Keenum. So nothing really too crazy. Yeah. Uh, they got Josh Norman still, obviously, too. But as far as free agency is concerned, nothing too crazy. So I'm going to make an argument and say right now, didn't Norman go to Buffalo? Maybe they lost him then. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah okay, you're absolutely okay. So, yeah, that was a transaction. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, so he went to Buffalo. Um, 
Yeah, and, and, and that's about is. it. And the, 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 they got Thomas Davis, who's 37 years old now. So with that being said, I think you can make an argument right now for you know the bottom feeders, obviously the NFL, based off last season's results, based off the draft, and based off of free agency of who they brought in. I mean. Yeah, the Jaguars are kind of low on that list. Let's be honest. The, the, I mean, the, the Jaguars are probably, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. But keep in mind, the Lions, the Redskins, maybe the Chargers, but, you know, they're still a really talented team. So to just I guess my point is I wouldn't necessarily put the Jaguars last, but I'd probably put them right now at a 28 or 29 in the power rankings. I wonder who else they could climb ahead. I, most people have the Jags 32, 31, maybe a 30th in the power rankings. Yeah. But uh, on that list, like the Chargers – even if Tyrod Taylor's just okay, Chargers have a way better roster than any of those teams uh, that you just listed. Without I think. A doubt. Uh, you know, we'll see about Detroit. It's a must-win year for them. But Dolphins I, are. Dolphins is it going to work? Right? Correct. Is everything they're trying to do going to work? And how are, is their foot on the gas pedal with Fitzpatrick if they're going to rest Tua for a year mm-hmm. and kind of let him kind of have this redshirt season in the NFL? We'll find out about that. Will be the X factor. For the Dolphins, they yeah. should be improved. But, but keep Not in mind too, in the offseason, Brendan, they, they brought Byron Jones, a very high, Absolutely. you know, a very high they value. Up their defense, yeah. especially in the second half. Yeah, for sure. So, but does that make a huge difference? They probably overachieved with five wins last year. Correct. So, are they going to win seven or eight? That's what people are expecting because they added money and and made investments and had all these draft picks. But are they really going to do that? I could find them being disappointing and just winning five games because of their overachieving from a year ago. I also think Carolina is interesting here because, yeah, they have McCaffrey. They have Bridgewater. But think about the leadership they lost. They they lose Olsen. Mm-hmm. They lose their head coach. Mm-hmm. They have all that changeover. They lose Keekley. Mm-hmm. You know, they're losing those kind of play. They lose Cam. You know, so from a leadership standpoint, you kind of are in the same boat as here in Jacksonville. It's like, okay, who's going to emerge? True. I also think the Giants, although they look pretty good, and Daniel Jones, I know I've been high on him, and I think he did a really good job at times <laughs> last year. Prince boy right there. If He's a good measuring stick. If Minshew can outplay kind of what Jones does, well, the Jags are going to be better than the Giants, in my opinion. Giants yeah. don't have this supreme roster. Yes, they have Saquon Barkley. But uh, they don't have a supreme roster. Yeah. You know, they've gotten better, sure. But, mm-hmm. the, but they're not scaring anybody with their roster. It's going to depend on Daniel Jones to lift them higher than, than most people would place them. I think the same for Minshew. Minshew can lift this Jags team higher than people expect him to be if he plays well. I want to ask you this question, and we've kind of talked about it before, but I don't think we've ever really had a definitive answer. Whose wide receiving core would you take right now if you're a GM? Would you take the Giants with Golden Tate, with Darius Slayton, with Sterling Shepard, um, with Corey Coleman, or would you take the Jaguars? And and keep in mind, I'm 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 throwing. I mean, if you want to throw an Evan, Ingram, if you, let's throw in the Titans as well. So let's throw an Evan Ingram too. To kind I of think sweeten a the lot pot. of people know the names of the Giants a little bit they more. Do. And I think they would lean that way. I mean, listen, only one out there as a Pro Bowler is DJ Chark, right? Was it Tate make a Pro Bowl um, in his career? He might have. Let's look it up real quick. I I kind of feel like Golden Tate's career is almost overrated. Overrated. Right, we know the name. Yeah, I mean, he, right? he's, he's, he's had, had some good moments, moments yeah. but is he productive, consistent? Is he as good as people say? He yeah, is? Oh, and Sterling Shepard too. But keep in mind, he, he can't stay healthy. Can't That's stay a big thing. Yeah. So I, I think the Jags would say in that question, yeah, we like our guys. I oh, think yeah. across the country, most people would say. No, go pay the, the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl in 2015. Right. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, Thank you, Kuz. So, listen, I understand we're comparing bad, but could the Jaguars creep up to be? 
you know, one of the better teams of the bottom bunch and then surprise others because we know people in the top 24 of the league are going to disappoint. Correct. That's the way it always goes. It'll be interesting. I don't think anybody in their right mind, not even me, will put the Jags in the top half of the league this year. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look that way. They're going to have to show us that. When we come back, do locker rooms really mirror life? That's how we're going to end Friday. Here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, plus an update from the NBA uh, and what's going to happen in Orlando. I think that the community can learn that the Jaguars can get behind each other. You know, the, the past couple of days have showed that even in our locker rooms, though they've been touted as places where there is no racism and that there's complete unity, that that's just not true. Being able to admit that we can grow is a hallmark of change. And, and I think that needs to happen in locker rooms as well. I don't know the effect that this will have on the community. But I know it will have an effect on the locker room. I know I can look at guys who are here today. I can look at them in the eye and say, thank you. Thank you for listening. That is uh, Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver. Not on the steps of JSO this morning, but instead talking to the media and addressing some questions Mm -hmm. after the fact. And it's interesting he brought up the locker room because on the walk as I was Coming back, and once again, if you're just catching up with the day, the big story of the day is the Jacksonville Jaguars organization, players and team, uh, coaches and and, uh, staff members and their families gathered at team headquarters this morning at 9.04, marched to the uh, steps of the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office here in Jacksonville, in downtown Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. and uh, DJ Chark talked, uh, Josh Lambeau spoke to the crowd, uh, Maurice Williams, Marcus Pollard. Uh, Terry Rubisky, running backs coach, and then a powerful, powerful message that we played earlier on the show uh, from Chris Conley. He he was really eloquent, and it was well done, um, and uh, an important message to share. Well, on the way back, uh, as we're you know making that point nine march back to the team headquarters before Doug Marone spoke, I overheard Conley talking to I think it was Marcus Pollard, and talking about you know this narrative about locker rooms kind of mirroring life, uh, which is one I think we've fallen into a little bit this week, uh, if I'm being uh, uh, I mean, fully I'm, honest. I've, I've used that, that that verbiage all the time. Because I think symbolically you do get, we talk about right this ultimate team game, this desire to win, this one goal mission, and you all get along even if you don't always agree on everything. I, I think that's what people kind of mean by it at times, all different backgrounds, uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, mm-hmm. everything. Uh, so I think that's, I, I think it's well intended, by the way, but it's not fully accurate in, in that sense. And, and I was listening to Chris talk. I kind of overheard him talking a little bit, uh, to Marcus Pollard about that. And then he brought it up to the press as well. And I found that very interesting yeah. and, uh, and probably very right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much. Uh, social injustice and, and say racism does exist in locker rooms, in high school sports, in college sports, and in professional sports still. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it is out there as much as someone on Facebook might say it yeah. or do it, or because we see police brutality uh, the way we've seen it over the years, or we see what we saw up in Georgia, it's yeah. not like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does exist, and I think that's an important uh, note to take that, okay, you know, it might be what we want it to look like. There might be some some things about a locker room that we wish do mirror life, Yeah. 
but it might mirror life more than we really think it does as, as well currently, not what we hope for. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right, you know, and when we talk about mirroring and, and my own experiences of of being in a bunch of locker rooms, you know, in in my football career, I mean, um, this past week, uh, a former teammate at Murray State, who I'm really, really great friends with, and, and I never considered him a guy to be ignorant towards anything, but he actually um, put out a, a pretty heartfelt and emotional post on Facebook. And basically he said that there was times where maybe he felt a little ignorant. Okay, There was times where maybe he didn't really tell anybody, but he had these thoughts. And I guess these thoughts were kind of eating at his head a little bit. And he had to put them you know, in a post. He had to put them on paper. And he literally went around um, on Facebook and he tagged all of his former teammates that were black. And he said, you guys taught – like he, he, he tagged me, he tagged everybody in it, and he said, I learned this from you. I learned this from you. I learned this from you. And they're obviously all positive things. And he's like, I never got to thank you guys for teaching me these things, but I'm saying it now. You know, so to to answer your question, I mean, is the locker room different? Absolutely. Right? Because at the end of the day, I've been in locker rooms where we've had very intense conversations about a a lot of things, whether it's religion, whether it's politics, whether it's upbringing, whatever it is, I've, I've seen those conversations firsthand. And I've also seen fights firsthand, N- not only mental, I'm talking physical as well. But the difference is, is that usually the way it worked, at least the locker rooms that I was in, whether it was at Murray State, Kentucky, in Jacksonville, in Kansas City, in Chicago, is once those fights were hashed out, you went back out in the field, you guys played together. Because playing football, you, you realize how, how high the stakes are. And if everybody's not going to be on the same page, well, someone can get hurt. Someone could obviously lose their job. So, like, there was always that feeling that, hey, man, we can disagree and we can argue. We can even come to fists if we have to. But by the time we step on the field, we have to do this together. The difference between that and obviously real life is when you go on Facebook, when you go on Twitter, people aren't really being held accountable. You can say whatever you want to say because you're never going to see these people, okay? You're never going to go on the field with them and try to work to a common goal. So there is a difference there, and I understand that there is probably some racism in locker rooms, but I'm just saying from my personal experience, I never saw it. Uh, That's good to hear uh, as well from that standpoint. I want you to share a story real quick because this is a week, and for the last couple minutes, take a little reflection on the week. And it's been a powerful week, a heavy week. uh, But in so many respects, uh, I I think a good week. Uh, And I know that's not really the overall portrayal of what's happened in the last week. I understand that. Uh, I just think from the dialogue and discussions standpoint, the communication, the understanding, the education, all those words that we've heard so many times, I think it has been a powerful week in in some respects, in our city at least, a good week uh, here on our show, uh, a good week. But I wanted you to share, somebody heard you say something somehow related to Murray State, and and you brought a little, you you shared the story a little bit, but I want you to share it with folks again. Uh, because then it ended up at Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Give us a little bit of insight on, on so, people are listening. People want to be educated and yeah, people are talking, yeah, I guess is I my mean, point. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, it's crazy, and I can show you my inboxes, but um, literally what happened was I had a, a guy reach out to me that I, I play football with, okay? And now he works in the office of Louisiana Monroe and um, got in touch with the AD and basically they asked me, like, hey, we, I love what you're t- guys are talking about. So for some reason, whenever my friend passed on the show, and they're listening, all right? And I don't know exactly what the dialogue was, what exactly the, the sound clip was. I don't know if they watched the show or listened to the show every single day, but they heard what we had to say. And the guy reached out to me. He's like, hey, 
I'm dealing with some stuff right now at Louisiana Monroe. All right. I mean, I'm responsible for all these student athletes, not only football, but, but every sport, right? Some white, some black, um, all races, if you will. And they were just kind of looking for some advice of, you know, what, what would you say? If you were back in college and this was going on, what advice would you give to me? And I mean, I can take it so many ways. Right. And I kind of get put on the spot a little bit because I'm like, dude, this is big deal. I don't want to mess this up. Like your university's on the line. I don't yeah, want to yeah. screw up a university. Like yeah, sometimes you, you do. Me for? Sometimes yeah. you're looking for the perfect words. Exactly. And, and it's not always necessary. Exactly. But but all I said, I mean, you know, and I said a lot of words, but the biggest point that I wanted to drive home, like once again, to me, it's not a white or black issue. OK, it's an issue of right or wrong. And I think most of your student athletes are going to understand that. And as long as that you're on the side that is right and you show that you have their back, okay, and maybe that requires reaching out to somebody, maybe that requires just a a little reassurance every once in a while can go a long way, but just showing that you have their back, that can make the world a difference. It's just being in their corner. You don't have to, you don't have to speak. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to protest. You don't have to get up on this, on this, uh, you know, this podium and, and state your case. All you have to do is know that, you know what? I'm here for you if you need me. And that can go a long way. And that's kind of the message that I provide. Very good. I'm glad yeah. you shared that story. I yeah. know you shared a little bit of it before, yeah, yeah. but I, I think it's interesting. I think people are listening in all points of views and, and different discussions that are taking place. And we've had a lot of them this week. Uh, yeah. In the final couple of minutes here on a Friday uh, to end a week uh, that has been powerful and meaningful, I, I go back to, you know, it's interesting uh, how we've changed throughout the week, how many uh, different things have happened to change our minds or views or, or even maybe what we say. Mm-hmm. I started the week out coming in here and said, you know, everybody said they needed sports coming off the pandemic, coming mm-hmm. in the pandemic. Like, I can't eat sports. I need sports. That's never been me. I didn't say that. I, I got stuff to do. Hanging, hanging out with the family, yeah. or, or whatever else, playing marshmallow baseball, whatever it is. Coming off last weekend on Monday, my initial thoughts were, hey, we we could use sports. Yeah, We could use a little unity. By Wednesday, I remember saying, you know what? Maybe it's good we don't have sports. Maybe mm-hmm. all these athletes and all our attention, instead of being focused on highlights and scoreboards, are now being put into place. And the power of the athlete, the power of the platform is being used for good, for messaging, for discussions, for conversation. That might not take place if they're too busy trying to hit a baseball, trying to win a championship in basketball, or getting ready for an upcoming football season. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting just that dynamic of what changed in my own mind from that. It also resonated big time as the week went along. Richard Sherman, I started Monday's show with his tweet about the white quarterback and what Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and others had said. Yeah. By the middle of the week, Drew Brees said what he said, and yeah. it changed. I didn't offer too many opinions this week on what happened over the weekend with protests and last week with George Floyd. But it kind of echoed what you just said about uh, right and wrong. And the only thing I could come up with from Saturday and Sunday, and I wasn't looking for the perfect word choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't need everybody to say, wow, Brent said that. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I kept coming back to was don't be right, do right. Yeah. Because in this world of politics, and we're seeing it late this afternoon once again, uh, that we need to be right. In our in our sports world and on this show, yeah. we want to be right. I want Gardner Minshew to be the best quarterback, and other folks say Kyler Murray's going to be the best quarterback. But we want to be right. We want to yeah. be able to go back and say we're right. Yep. 
I think uh, in these kind of issues, we got to stop worrying about being right and doing right. But by the middle of the week, I thought it was going back to being right because yeah. of the discussions and the cancellation of Drew Brees and his tone deaf nature of what he said. Mm-hmm. So those are just some of the thoughts of this week. And I don't feel any differently about that. My simplistic message is let's do right. This yeah. morning here in Jacksonville, I thought we did right. Yeah. I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars organization did right. Mm-hmm. Uh, players led by Avery Jones, led by Chris Conley and DJ Chark uh, and head coach Doug Marone, the Jaguars organization, Shad Khan with his words. And uh, next week, maybe with Leonard Fournette, who, mm-hmm. who plans a peaceful protest. I think those guys are doing right. So yeah. uh, it's been a long week. But it's yeah. been a good week in so many respects and on so many levels. And I do appreciate all the listeners and viewers hanging out with us during this time. It, yeah. It's been important. It's important discussion. We've tried to mix sports in as well. Uh, but I know this is this talk isn't for everybody as well. So we do appreciate you hanging out with us. What are your thoughts from yeah, this week? You know, uh, I jotted down some thoughts. And like me, I'm probably just going to ramble on and not even say any of those thoughts. But um, listen, when you say that it's been one of the craziest weeks um, you're not lying. You know, I think this has been one of the craziest weeks that I can remember. And it's crazy. When we look at last week, last Friday, when I was doing the show by myself, I said that this country had to admit that there's a problem. And I think for the most part right now, people are starting to do that. And there's some people out there that maybe haven't admitted it quite yet, but there's also people out there that are holding those people accountable, and they're doing a great job. Um, listen, everybody, I see your guys' posts. Um, I see you guys are tired. You're tired of exerting your energy. Um, people are tired of trying to change ignorance. People are exhausted from watching all the violence on TV, and I'm tired, too. I think we're all tired right now. I'm drained, man. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm very drained, but we cannot afford to sit this out. We have to keep on going. This is too important, and do you know why? It's too important because every single day I come in the studio and I sit next to a guy who looks nothing like me. I sit next to a guy who doesn't have the same hobbies as I'm into, who doesn't like the same movies that I'm into, who doesn't like the same music that I'm into, who grew up from a different part of the country than I did. But we sit here and we agree on a lot of things and we both agree right now that we are seeing progress. We're seeing change. What's happening right now in the streets, this feels different. All right. This feels like something Amazing is going to happen. So we got to keep on going. Um, I used to have a coach that used to always tell me uh, regarding a defensive line, when you play a good offensive line, don't give them a reason. Don't give them a reason to think that they belong on the field with you. And I keep going back to that quote when I see people in the streets protesting. Right now, there's people out there, the opposition, if you will, the enemy, if you will, that want to point the finger. They want to say, don't burn that police car. Don't throw those bricks through the glass window. Um, don't use that kind of language. People want to point the finger right now and because it makes them feel better. Okay? Right now, use your platform to make the change But don't give those people a reason to point the finger at you, okay? Don't give those people a reason to say, well, he shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have done that. That was wrong, so I'm right. That's what people are looking for right now on the other side. People are looking for a chance to point the finger and say, what you're doing is wrong, and I can prove it, so that makes me right. Don't do that right now. Don't give in to the media. Don't give in to the haters. Don't give in to the agitators, all right? Um, Listen, everyone's going (laughs) to... Everyone's got to eventually come together, and we understand that, and maybe one day we're going to get there. But to those that aren't with you yet, to those that are ignorant, then educate them. Don't cast them aside. Bring them along with you because we need them in that fight as well. Okay? Um, That's basically all i got to say, man. Um, You know, I think at the end of the day, 
people are going to keep on pointing their fingers. But if you don't give them a reason to point the finger at you, well, eventually when they stop pointing their fingers, they have to look at themselves. And they have to evaluate themselves because there's nobody else to blame. And when that happens, and when those ignorant people look in the mirror, that's when the change is going to come. All right? So let's everybody get out there. Let's protest. Let's do our part. Do whatever you got to do. But just make sure that you do it in a constructive way. And don't give the haters out there a reason to point the finger at you. Hope you've been listening all week. Austin's been awesome on the topic all week long, and uh, it was a powerful day, a memorable day here in Jacksonville, Florida, with the Jacksonville Jaguars in downtown Jacksonville. And it's been a really important week here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll see you on TV all weekend long on CBS 47 and Fox 30, and then back at it on a Monday. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Be safe.